The 505th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog's Pick'em for a chance to win a hundred times your entry. Promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com for a 100% deposit match. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. And finally, we're brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Enter their free Daytona 500 contest for a chance to win $100 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card. You can do that at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. Howdy ho, Degenerinos. I'm way, I'm way too close to that camera. Let's move back a bit. There we are. Howdy ho, Degenerinos. I'm still too close, but you're going to have to survive, people. Thank you for coming to the show. We're off to a great start. It's episode 505 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This, of course, this episode is going out to all the lovers out there. Um, for this being the day of love. And thank you for uh, to Jong Lee, our super fan, for offering to be my Valentine in the, in the Discord. I'll let my wife know and so now she's off the hook. So thanks for coming to the show. I'm on your host, Jeff Chalks Fox. And let me let you give you a little uh, preview here. I am I am definitely Chalks this week. I find this to be a very chalky card we're going to be speaking of. That, of course, would be UFC 298. UFC's back in California. Finally, seems like it's been a while um, since they've been in California. But they are back this weekend. This episode is all about the prelims. We got seven prelim fights. We are going to give you winning picks for uh entertaining banter mm, i don't know i can't promise oh some ad reads i can promise you that uh, other than that i can't really promise you can't promise you much else um let's bring in the person i chew chew choose to be my co-host <laughs> every day even volunteers day or not it would be the one and only daniel gummy Vreeland. hello it's a good reference good ralph wiggum reference uh yep. one of one of the greatest episodes of i was just gonna say that it's i, I think it's say that I think it's third for me. Nobody ever asked for my rankings of, of okay, my let's favorite hear episode, but we're going to hear them. Lay it down. Uh, number one, definitely uh, Homer Boxing, Dredrick Tatum. Uh, oh, you like that one? Can't beat it. It's so good. When he walks out to Why Can't We Be Friends, kills me every time. Uh, number two, definitely the softball episode. Actually, all oh, the, yes. sports, the sports episodes are phenomenal, but the softball my, my son just really did. Good. My son just did like a marathon through all of those with my wife. So, yes. Yeah, all that one's a good one. Good, so, I'm and hearing about I, them all again. So, And then I would probably put the Ralph Wiggum Valentine's one just ever so slightly ahead of the hockey one because the hockey one's also really good. Yeah, that's low key. It is a low key one you don't hear about too much. When they're, fighting, when they're fighting each other and swinging their arms, uh, yes. I, yes. I sometimes think of how Francis Ngannou knocked out uh, <laughs> Jair Zinho Rosenstroik. That's pretty much the same kind of punching he, he was throwing we, there. We do see lots of that. Kind of, that would be a middleweight main event in the UFC. There's a fighter who we're going to talk about in just a moment who might throw punches like that quite often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to say it reminds you of your children, but your children would never no. fight with each other. No, never. They definitely don't tackle each other while I'm watching UFC broadcasts. <laughs> no, for sure not. And uh, I'm sure you have a romantic Valentine's, Valentine's Day plan with two little kids at home. So I'm sure you Yeah, gonna yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. cook, but I'm going to make her do the dishes, as everybody knows. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about some UFC. UFC 298. What do you think? What do you have? 
What do you think of the prelims? I love it. I low-key... I low-key love it. I, I think everybody's out here kind of ragging on it. There's a couple of fighters with, I think, a lot of potential in terms of, like, you know, like the big knockout artists, and if they round out their game, they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to see some people that definitely – I'm guessing if you – uh you did not know of a couple of the people on these prelims all that well had to probably look up some things or two uh that that'll be fun because there's a couple of guys in here that i think a lot of you guys probably don't know about but are are actually kind of a lot of fun so between that and having i mean a slew of people on the main card who have either current champions or uh former champions i think it's it's better than a lot of people are giving it credit for well, there you go. That's that's Gumby. He's always the, got got the bright side of life. Um, perhaps he's Dana White, really hidden underneath that hat. Possibly. The more hair here. <laughs> yeah, it, Gumby got the hat. It, it's my it's my uh, uh, university team, the Warriors. Obviously, your yeah. So I I wore this. Teams. Yeah, I wore this down to. Uh, were you the Warriors in university? Oh yeah. University of Waterloo uh, Warriors, yes. I was I was the Warriors in high school. Uh, so this is my old ah, high school right. baseball hat, which I grabbed and threw on as I came down here. And then I realized the logo on the front of it is perhaps not the most sensitive logo uh, that I've ever yeah. seen on a baseball hat. And maybe I wouldn't wear it into public in 2024. So I just turned it around and it says Warriors on the back. So there you go. <laughs> Guess what? My high school, my high school's name was the Rebels. And... It was like all union. Uh, it was all Confederate stuff. Can you believe that? In Canada? <laughs> in Canada. It's so it, it didn't include. It, it didn't include. It didn't include in for me until like years and years later. I'm like, wait a minute, what was Johnny Rebel and all that stuff? <laughs> They've changed it since then, but yeah, mine would be even more offensive than yours, Gumby. So there you go. Weird. Yeah, mine is got like they've now changed the logo on their baseball hats to just like a capital W. So they they've they've gone away from. The logo, which nobody here will see, but uh, you could probably do a Google search and, and find it. <laughs> it will offend no one. Uh, letters don't offend people yet, hopefully, right? Especially not MMA fans. I don't think so. <laughs> Especially not not our bunch. No. All right, so um, you low-key like the card. Thoughts on the odds, uh, at least for the prelim portion? You may have said it already. I was You were cutting out on me then, so I've switched your butt, so go ahead. <laughs> I uh I, I think the odds here are uh they were they were pretty well on uh to your point I had trouble finding a dog or two I liked I wound up watching film and talking myself out of an underdog which certainly didn't make things better um and then I talked myself into one so uh we're gonna see if whether or not my original intuition was good or if I sh- should have trusted my gut a little better usually the answer is trusting your gut right seems to be the way it goes but we shall that's, see that's soon enough it, right we'll, we'll see yeah usually <laughs> it. not only do i have faulty earbuds that's we have a nice little delay going on here too gumby this is great this could be a good episode don't you think i don't think it's as bad as you think it is <laughs> oh yes yes uh, you you froze there for like a good 10 seconds after i talked and then you then you started speaking so hopefully for the viewers and listeners at home it is it is an a a1 episode as it always will be all right so obviously we're going to talk about as we said usc 298 um no news i don't think to report uh beforehand still no top 
two fights, we assume, at UFC 300. Uh, main event nor co-main event probably have not been announced yet. I don't know if they're slow put playing this. Oh, actually, I heard a really smart podcast the other day that uh, the guy had it all figured out. Uh, Top Turtle podcast this guy named Gumby. He he, he knows exactly what the UFC is or, or is uh, is up to right now. I did try to come up with a theory. I do think that uh, we're going to see some combination of Israel Adesanya and Michelle Payne, or uh, not Michelle Payne. Michelle Payne would be fun too. Maybe. Uh, Alex Payne. But uh, yeah, like some combination of those two fighting in some kind of title fights and or against each other, I think you're going to see. But uh, supposedly, if he is to be trusted, Dana White said he will announce at the post-fight press conference of this weekend. Was he going to announce at the Super Bowl or something too? Like he's going to No, that was some idiot on... No, that was some okay. idiot on Reddit said that they would take out a Super Bowl ad. They were going to pay $5 million oh. to run a. They were going to pay $5 million to run an ad that would right. tell you who's fighting on that card. Dude, they, they don't pay that, that much to their fighters all year. Never mind. Exactly. Ad the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Um, your theory makes sense. Um, They're basically, they're probably waiting on DDP is, is what's going on here. Whether he's going to so. be ready to roll. Yeah. And if he's ready to roll, then they'll be doing him versus Adesanya. And then they're hoping what Pereira probably up at heavyweight. I think so. Yep. I think that's yeah. what they're trying to run. So, and if he's not ready to roll, then they're probably, they're going to kind of have to be scrambling and they'll, they'll do Pereira Adesanya three, right. At light heavyweight. I've, and then what, what other, maybe Leon Edwards fight for, the, for the other fight. Yeah. We haven't heard anything out of Leon Edwards yet. And below yeah. Muhammad seemingly waiting in the wings. Like he wouldn't say yeah. no to a uh, title fight. If you like offered no. him one, he already thinks he's getting passed yeah. up. So he, he'd take it. Yeah. Yep. All right. There we go. We got it all figured out for you, you people, but we got two more pay-per-views before then, including this weekend, CFC 298. So we're going to get into that in one second. First, I got to tell you about something else that's coming up. The Daytona 500 rev up those engines. NASCAR is back. Check out the NASCAR gambling podcast. Rod Villagomez and Cody Zeeb have you covered for all things NASCAR and racing from trucks to cup, IndyCar to F1. This show gives you the drivers to watch and the most profitable picks for the weekend of racing. Enter the free Daytona 500 contest for a chance to win a $100 SGPN gift card and $100 cash. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. And of course, we are brought to you as per usual by underdog fantasy underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long, whether it's NBA, NHL, college basketball, uh, tennis. I think they probably have NASCAR on there. Uh, MMA for sure. They got it all. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players, fantasy stats and cash in. You can win a hundred times with some spicy plays. Gumby, I play of any flavor. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go uh, to the NBA. I, I wrote an article for tonight's uh, NBA action. Denny or Av- Avdija. Man, I'm going to say his name wrong. I got grilled for saying Vucevic's name wrong. Denny Avdija. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. He's listed at 7.0 rebounds. I'm going to take the higher than on that. Because uh, while his season average is a touch below that, since they've traded Daniel Gafford over to the Mavericks, he's averaged 10.3 per game. So he should clear that seven without a problem uh, tonight. There's some insight for you. Gumby, MMA, uh, NBA Gumby, excuse me. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. Actually, I'm not I'm not going to suggest you watch uh, Washington Wizards basketball. But, uh, <laughs> may, maybe follow along uh, online. Uh, when you sign up with the promo code MMA, SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code MMA, SGPN. And you may get a little something special, too, if you sign up with that code. And you're a... 
a uh, fan of ours in the or not a fan of ours one of our friends in the discord so make sure you're also a part of sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord all right there's a tease for you ufc 298 let's jump into it volkanovsky versus top puria um had a few moving parks uh we lost a f- a prelim bout Treshawn gore aj dobson it feels like they've already fought like 50 times but they haven't apparently so yeah, and they're, uh, AJ Dobson's already got another fight book too uh, <laughs> for sometime in early March. So we're, we're going to see him yep. soon enough anyway. Yep. So we lost that, but uh, we are we got t- 12 fights total. Seven we're going to cover today on the prelims. As per, as per usual, we're going to start with the early prelims, which are 6.30 uh, p.m. Eastern start, ESPN Plus, and UFC Fight Pass. And this event is obviously Saturday, February 17th, my brother's birthday, and it's going down. Anaheim, California, the Honda Center. All right, we're going to kick things off with female fight, women's flyweight fight. Andrea Lee versus Miranda Maverick. All right, we'll tell you about, once I get to the right page here, Andrea Lee, of course. Um, KGB is a nickname, one of the famous nicknames in the sport. 13 and 8, five, three knockouts, five submissions. She's been submitted once, so a very durable fighter. Keep that in mind if you're making picks here. Five and six in the UFC. However, well, five and six isn't good, but even worse is her 0 and 3 skid that she's currently on. Before that, she had won two straight fights. Uh, she's not won a fight since November of 2021. However, she has a mantle probably, and it's got multiple region championships on her mantle. <laughs> yes, I said, I know, I messed up that. You spoiled that. You spoiled tra- that quite a bit. <laughs> I spoiled it by, by tr- trying to be fancy. Correct. Get the shirt at sportsgamblingpockets.com slash store. Maybe the shirt I'm wearing right now, if people are looking at the YouTube, as I'm sure you are. Multi-region championships on his. There you go. His or her uh, mantles. In this case, it would be her. All right. What else can I tell you about Ms. KGB? She failed a drug test many years ago for a diuretic, so that probably isn't a concern at this point. Four and two in Invicta, 2014 Pro MMA debut. She's a kickboxing champion and a boxing champion, so her mantle is quite full. Uh, three inches of height, four inches of reach on Maverick, because Maverick is a wee little gal. It, it, it doesn't really... Uh, seen that way on tv but she is uh she's quite quite short uh lee striking stats more active landing strikes and grappling stats all in her favor over maverick and she's outstruck her uc opponents by 1.22 strikes per minute she's at plus 160 miranda fear the maverick 12 and 5 one knockout seven submissions never been finishing a fight five and three in the ufc she's gone three and one over her last four did win her last fight via submission six and two in Invicta. used to fight down at straw weight eight years younger than lee She's outstruck her opponents by 1.09 strikes per minute, and she's at minus 180. Gumby, kick us off. So I'm going to go with Maverick here. I, I think um, despite the fact that I I really do like Miranda Maverick, and I, I have sort of written off that loss against Jasmine Jesuda-Vicius is not really a big deal. I do not really love this number on her. Uh, a- Andrea Lee, a very physically strong fighter, um, and not that Miranda Maverick isn't, but like the type of people I really like Miranda Maverick against are the people who I know she can kind of like bully if she needs to, because let's face it, Miranda Maverick's the worst part of her game is her striking. Um, you know, the, the couple of people who have been able to out grapple her have beat her right in Jesuda Vicious. And, uh, was it Aaron Blanchfield who beat her before that? I think it was Aaron Blanchfield. Um, yeah. So it, it's like, those are the type of people who beat her in the past. And I think that that's, you know, obviously a problem for her. Uh, because they're they're better grapplers. And I don't think Lee is that, which is why I'm picking Maverick. But I do wonder if she's just strong enough that like might cause her enough issues. So I'm on Maverick here, but I'm I'm probably 
this is probably a line I'm staying away from. Yeah, uh, agreed. Maverick is is my pick here as well. Yeah, you can't really put any uh, any faith in Lee at this point in her career, and she's going to have a big, strong, younger fighter uh, on her on her case here. So yeah, Lee is the pick as well. All right, moving to welterweight men's actually. Before we move on to that, I should tell you about dogs, underdogs, all those stats. People care about those stats usually. Uh, so for the year right now, underdogs are coming through at 41%. So they're doing quite well. Only three plus 200 dogs have hit. Uh, women's favorite, uh, women's dogs, only 29%. Uh, it's, it's been the men, men's dogs that have been coming through 40 at 43% clip. So there you go. Keep that in mind as we move on to our next fight. Welterweights, uh, we got Val Woodburn from the United States of America versus Oban. Actually, he's technically his flag says Jamaica, but I believe he runs a, um, a landscaping business in Florida now. So I believe he's American uh, versus Oban Elliott. One of the many hyped fighters from the UK. He's from Wales. And as I said, this one is going at welterweight. The animal Val Woodburn seven, one with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once. Oh, one the UFC got TK out in his last fight was a regional champion. Used to fight at middleweight two inches of reach on Elliott. He got outstruck in his UFC debut by 7.89 strikes per minute plus 250. Not not very good. But that was a short notice fight against someone good, I think, right? Bo Nickel. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah, someone good. And it wasn't it was short notice, wasn't it? Or wasn't yeah. it? Yes. And up a weight class from where he's at, obviously, because this is welterweight versus uh middleweight. Right, 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 right. All right, Elliot is the Welsh gangster. Nine and two. Two knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice. This is his UFC debut. He won on last season's Contender Series and got himself in. Won on Contender Series. He's won five of his last five fights. So he's on a five-fight win streak. He's not lost since December 2021. Four inches height, four years younger than Woodburn. Better striking stats, more active landing strikes, and better grappling stats than Woodburn, but that's based off of one fight for each man. Um, so I guess it's even, uh, he outstruck his contender series opponent, but 1.07 strikes per minute minus 286. Uh, I will take Elliot. Probably he's going to end up overhyped because guys from the UK tend to get overhyped. Well, I guess I listen to severe MMA. Maybe that's why they, <laughs> they seem hyped up to me. Um, uh, but he's, he's better than Woodburn. Um, definitely a better, better experience, better fighter over overall more well, well-rounded and he is a Welsh gangster. So you can't bet against that. So Elliot's the pick. I'm going to go Val Woodburn here. Whoa, I, uh, really? Yeah, this is yeah, a surprise this, pick to me. This is the one I talked myself into because I went back to watch okay. a whole. So first of all, you know, mentally going into it, I think we even joked about him on Monday or Sunday's episode. You know, we said something like, you know, oh, yeah, that guy who runs his landscaping business. Well, Val Woodburn. Ha ha ha. And like mentally, I had I decided he sucks. And, you know, he did lose quickly. But to Bo Nickel on short notice, up a weight class when he was per- preparing for a contender series fight down a week class. Like, I, I don't know that we can write anything into that. So then I went back and watched him on the regional scene. And to your point, Elliot has fought better competition. I will for sure give him that. But Val Woodburn has fought all the way up at like light heavyweight, uh, which is part of the part that's giving me like a little bit of confidence in him is that like he fought a bit light heavyweight. And the, the wildest part about it is he like manhandled all those dudes up at light heavyweight and middleweight and stuff like that. Like he is supremely strong when it comes to work in the clinch and he doesn't seem to tire which is the other thing and when you go back and you look at that fight for Oban Elliott on contender series which you know I was not impressed by Oban Elliott on contender series his biggest issue was is that like it was a fight where both fighters tired out 
He had a little bit better of the gas tank. I don't know if that'll be true. And his wrestling held up, but I don't know that his wrestling will hold up against Val Woodburn. Val Woodburn is so, this dude is so freaking strong. Um, and yes, his striking, not technical. He's one of those ones winging the uh, the Bart Lisa Simpson shots that we were talking about at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I don't know that Oban Elliott's defense like makes me excited either. I just, maybe I'm overrating Val Woodburn's experience just a tiny bit. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can bet Oban Elliott in this spot. At, what'd you say? Negative 270 or 280? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, that's high. just an exorbitant line for this fight. And I think there's some value on Woodburn. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice here. He is definitely rolling the dice here. So interesting. I didn't see that coming, Gummy, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to pay minus 286 on a guy debuting in the UFC either. So um, he, he's my pick to win, but uh, I'm not saying I'm actually going to bet, bet him in real life here. All right. One thing I think is good value better than a minus 286 line on Oban Elliott is definitely Hall of Fame bets. You can win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bets and sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players with hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, let's see what other surprises Gumby has up his sleeve for us here. You never know. Uh, the main event of the early prelims, we got Josh Quinlan versus Danny Barlow, U.S. versus U.S., uh, Danny Barlow on Gumby's Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. Make sure you listen to it. Uh, a fun, fun interview. We're not going to tell you about him first. We're going to tell you about Quinlan first. Bushido is the nickname. Six and one with one no contest. Four knockouts, two submissions. So he's finished everyone. He himself has never been finished. One and one in the UFC. Lost his last fight. He won on the contender series, but ended up getting changed to a no contest because he failed a drug test for real drugs, not recreational drugs, performance drugs. Uh, He's been outstruck over those three fights. So two UFC fights and contender series fights by 2.29 strikes per minute. Uh, better grappling stats than Barlow based off of Barlow's very small resume here. Uh, plus 170 Barlow left hand to God. All one word, the number two instead of the word two. If you want to hear about the nickname, he doesn't really explain it, but he kind of <laughs> explains it. He just kind of got the nickname. If you want to hear it, listen to Top Turtle. Um, all right. Mr. Barlow, 7-0, four knockouts, one submission. Uh, he's never been finished. Obviously he's never been beat. This is his UFC debut. He won on the contender series. That was part of a three fight run where he's knocked out or TK out all of his opponents. Also, he is a regional champion, two inches height, seven inches reach over Quinlan. And he's two years younger based off the small stats. He's better. He got better striking stats than Quinlan. And he's three times more active landing strikes. He outstruck his, that's because he outstruck his contenders series opponent by 6.83 strikes per minute. That's a lot of strikes. Minus 182. All right. Tell us about Barlow. Tell us about your picks here. Uh, I'm going with Barlow. Uh, I love the range. Uh, and to your point, you know, like his nickname's left-handed God because he puts people out with that left hand. He, I mean, then he did on Contender Series, which is kind of the awesome thing when you, you know, you got a nickname like that and that's exactly how you get it done uh, on Contender Series. He, he's a really great rangy boxer. And, 
not only that, but Josh Quinlan stepping here in on short notice here. Uh, I don't know if it's a it's an official short notice fight. Did not one of my official month? ones. It's a little yeah. little over a month, so I, I didn't count it. But yes, it, yeah, it's so a shorter sh- notice than normal. Yeah. So a short camp for Quinlan and right. Barlow uh, also does a lot of the same things as Josh Quinlan's last opponent who beat him. Uh, Trey Waters, really long, really rangy, good striker who stays away from the big shots of his opponent. And he just like tired out and outworks Josh Quinlan the whole fight. So for me, Quinlan's fighting a guy who's got a lot of similarities as his last opponent. Perhaps has even more power than his last opponent. And he's got less time to prepare than he did for his last opponent. How do you not take Danny Barlow here? I think there's great value on the line too. All right. There you go. I was going to ask you about the line. Um, Barlow's my pick as well. So um, obviously I'm not going to take a guy that big and long who uh, is a knockout artist. So um, fight a guy on less than a uh, full camp. So Barlow is my pick as well. All right. That's the early prelims. We're not done though. Of course we're moving on to the right proper prelims, APM Eastern ESPN, ESPN plus starting off with a light heavyweight fight. China's Zhang Ming Yang versus Brazil's Brenson Hibiero. Three five-minute rounds at 205 pounds. All right, Hibiero is the gorilla, 15-5, nine knockouts, six submissions. So he's finished everyone. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. So he's not gone very uh, far, or at least hasn't gone in the distance in fights uh, very often, once in 20 fights. Uh, this is his debut, one no one contender series. He's won three straight fights, all via knockout or TKO, just like Barlow. Uh, he's not lost since February of 2022. He's a regional champion, or was, uh, used to fight at middleweight, inch of height, six inches of reach over Zhang. He outstruck his contender series opponent by 3.17 strikes per minute. He's at plus 110. Zhang, Mountain Tiger, 16 to 6, 10 knockouts, 6 submissions. So he's finished everyone as well. He's been knocked out three times, submitted twice. So these guys always rounds, Gumby. It's bound yeah, to happen. This, this one's rounds. going to the decision. <laughs> it's going to the decision. It's it's going to happen. Uh, this is his debut as well. He was 1-0 on road to UFC to a nine straight fights. He has not fought, though, since June of 2022. He's not lost since October of 2019. Used to fight at heavyweight and down at middleweight. 2014 Pro MMA debut. Two years younger than Hibiero. More active landing strikes. He outstruck his road to opponent by 3.29 strikes per minute. Minus 115. Tough one. I actually watched film on this gummy to remind myself. Look at of you. Who, yeah, of who these guys are. I'm going with the dog. I'm going with Hibiero here. Um, I really don't like Zhang's competition. When you look at it on, on paper, on the screen, it doesn't look good. And then when you actually watch the fights, like, oh, he's just fighting short, heavy Chinese Chinese men I've never heard of. So um, don't like the uh, competition level. I don't like that he's been inactive for, what, a year and a half. Um, I like Hibiero's length. I like his well-roundedness. Obviously, I like his finishing ability. Obviously, his resume fighting on the regional scene in Brazil is not always the greatest thing as well. But um, I think... And obviously, I like some of those five contender series more than uh, more than Road Two, with a few exceptions. So, let's roll the dice. Hibiero's the pick. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with Ming Yang here. And uh, I, you know, I was in the same boat as you with Ming Yang's competition going into that Road to the UFC fight. I was all in on his opponent in that fight. His opponent was a guy named George Tokos, who uh, fights out of Greece. Uh, absolute animal will probably wind up in the UFC someday too. Uh, and going into that fight, I was like, Zhang Ming Yang hasn't fought anybody. There's no way he beats George Tokos. And not only did he beat George Tokos, he beat the living hell 
out of George Tokos. He he took it to him with some of the sharpest boxing I've seen. He sl- wound up sleeping him after hurting him to the body a couple of times. I, I was infinitely impressed. And the biggest thing for me is his punches came in straight. He didn't overextend himself, especially even when he hurt Tokos, which is hard to do because when you hurt a guy at light heavyweight and you're used to be able to put him away, to not rush in there, for me, is maybe one of the most impressive things he did. And then he just picked his spots and put Tokos away. And I I see the exact opposite with Brenton Hibiero. Like, if you watch his Fight Night Contender Series, super overextending himself, which is even a problem being that he's going to have massive reach advantage over everybody. He's got super long arms, right? What is, what'd you say? One inch of height and six inches of reach. Like um, sh- one in. Yeah, you're right. He shouldn't have to overextend himself, but he still does because that's how desperate he is for the knockout. I think Ming Yang is going to pick him apart. I, I think we're going to see a guy who's uh, sort of trying to turn this into a brawl and a guy who won't oblige him and will eventually find his spot because he didn't oblige him. So I'm going to go Ming Yang here. I, I like the knockout power. I like the composure. Hibiro is a bit of a wild man. If you've yeah, watched he's, yeah, it's he's true. nuts. <laughs> it's true. He, on the ground, on the, on the feet. Yeah. Um, but there we go. We differed. You got both sides of, of the, uh, of the fight there. So there you go. All right, let's move on. I don't think we're going to disagree in this one. Uh, Bantamweight fight. Uh, one of our boys, he, he's one of our boys now, right? Nakamura. Nakamura. He he might have gotten a little he's bit off that. for some people when he didn't finish Fernie Garcia. People got pretty mad. Um, but like he, he, <laughs> yeah. he'll get he'll get back to being one of our boys soon. Yeah, uh, he's from Japan. He's fighting Carlos Vera from he's from uh, he's one of our up and comers from Peru. No, he's from Ecuador. Ecuador. So. Yeah. Ecuador. Right. Um, he is Pequeno. Pequeno. Nickname Gumby means. We've had this small, one before. I think. Small, small. Yeah, little, small. Correct. Yes, I will accept small. He's eleven and three. One knockout, five submissions. He's been submitted twice. Short notice debut in the UFC, so your alarm bell should be ringing right now. Oh, uh, one the Ultimate Fighter. So I've never seen a fight that means haha. Uh, he's won four straight fights. Last two via submission. Uh, he's not fought an official fight since September of twenty twenty two. He fought once in the Ultimate Fighter house since then, and that's it. Uh, has not lost a fight since January of 2020, which is easy to do if you're inactive. Uh, used to fight at Featherweight, 2014 Pro MMA debut, two inches of reach over Nakamura. He's also one known as a pro kickboxer, plus 775. This is one of the <laughs> biggest numbers we have seen in a, in a while. I haven't seen a number this big. Nakamura Hybrid is nicknamed 8-0, five knockouts, one submission. 2-0 in the UFC, 2-0 road to UFC. That means he won the one season, right? The season he was on? Yeah. Road to UFC champion. I forgot to put that here. He also is a world champion in wrestling. Uh, an inch of height, eight years younger than Vera, minus 1,100. Do we really have to say much about this one? Maybe we do. Go ahead. No, not really, because here's the thing. Carlos Vera, uh, you mentioned was on the Ultimate Fighter, lost to Brad Katona, basically getting manhandled by Brad Katona. Uh, if you're getting manhandled by Brad Katona, you have no hope against Nakamura. Uh, the other thing I will say is if you look at Vera's last couple of wins, both of them by guillotine, by trying to jump the guillotine, and while some people might worry like, oh, Nakamura is a wrestler and he's going to be fighting a guy who likes to jump guillotine, I think it's just going to make his takedowns easier. I think anytime he shoots a takedown, Vera is going to give it to him and he'll never get back up again because that's how Nakamura wrestles. So expect Nakamura to be on top. You know, I know a lot of you guys out there are going to be maybe off the early props, but I think if you can find a nice number on round one finishes, I think that submission is going to be there. So yeah, I'll go with Rinya Nakamura here. You said jump a guillotine, though. Hmm. That, that is you love guys who jump guillotines. <laughs> we all do. That's what our Discord's all about. 
jump a guillotine discard. No, obviously Nakamura is is the pick here as well. Uh, even if it wasn't short notice, he would be the pick. All right. Uh, we're moving up to the big boys now, doubling the weight class, basically. Marcos Rogerio de Lima uh, from Brazil versus Justin Taffa from Australia. Three, five-minute rounds if it, they go that far at heavyweight. Um, Taffa, he's bad. He's a bad man, Dan. He's seven is that his three. nickname now? He's bad, bad man now? Bad man is a nickname. Yep, bad oh. man. Not oh. Batman, bad man. Yep. Uh, he, his nickname could also be Mark Hunt Jr., right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, how he fights and everything. Uh, he's seven to three with one no contest. He's won all seven fights via knockout. He's been knocked out once himself. Four and three with one no contest in the UFC. Three and zero with one no contest over his last four, including a knockout in his last fight. Has missed weight before. He missed weight at heavyweight. Yes, that is correct. Uh, was a regional champion eight years younger than Rogerio de Lima. More active landing strikes than he is. Uh, he has been outstruck in the UFC by 0.8 strikes per minute. But when you got his power, it doesn't really matter as much. Plus 125. Rogerio de Lima. Pazau is a nickname. You can tell the people again what that means, Gumby. Bigfoot. Correct. He's 21, 9, and 1. 14 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted 5 times. 10 and 7 in the UFC. He's been around for over a decade. Actually, it is a decade at this point in the UFC. Uh Two and two over his last four. He got TKO in his last fight by Derek Lewis. Used to fight at light heavyweight and middleweight. So he's got up in weight. Not really the best way either, if you've seen photos of him recently. So um, he hasn't put on a whole bunch of muscles, but I'm saying he missed weight twice at light heavyweight. So hence why he's up here at heavyweight. Uh, two and one in the ultimate fighter. All one in strike force. 2009 pro MMA debut. Inch height, inch reach over Taffa. Better striking stats and better grappling stats on Taffa. And he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.65 strikes per minute, minus 140. Uh, dog time. Taffa is the pick. He's a bad. He's a bad man. He swangs and bangs. Um, obviously, I like his power more than Rogerio de Lima. Um, a guy coming off of a knockout, going up against another guy with massive power. Guy way younger than him. Um, hopefully, Taffa can keep this on the feet. Come, you'll probably explain whether you can or not. But uh, I think Taffa is worth a dabble as a dog here. Yeah, I think I'm going to dabble with uh, Justin Taffa too. Uh, I think uh, I'm less worried about whether he can keep it on the feet and more kind of just convinced that Marcos Rogerio de Lima won't shoot a takedown fast enough. Um, yeah. Marcos Rogerio de Lima has kind of got the the uh, the problem I had with Devin Clark the other day or Zach Ponga or, you know, pick a guy who you're like, as long as he wrestles, he'll be fine. Uh, and then he just <laughs> won't. Uh, and I'm not going to get burned by that again. So I like Justin Taffa. I will warn anybody because I've seen a lot of people high on Justin Tapa and be like, "Yeah, let me let me get all that." He may have the worst resume out of any heavyweight who has made it seven fights through the UFC. And that's let, saying let me, a lot, too. Let me, I'm going to read you this list of names. I just want you, <laughs> I want you to pick out the best name that you hear. Okay, get ready okay. for this. Seven names: right. Jorgen De Castro, Juan Adams, Carlos Felipe. Jared Vandera, Harry Hunsucker, Parker Porter, Austin Lane. <laughs> I guess I guess Parker Porter. I guess. <laughs> but like probably by a lot, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. second is maybe Carlos Felipe, who tested positive for steroids and disappeared into like the Brazilian bare knuckle boxing circuit. And like that's the that's second best. That's the second best. And like so. Tafa's not out here like knocking out world beaters. So that like 
at least makes me pump the brakes on being like, let's dump out the bank account on Justin Taffa. But yeah. I will say, I, I think his boxing holds up here and, and beats Ogerio de Lima. Yeah, I don't suggest dumping the bank account on any heavyweight, basically, um, <laughs> especially especially lower level guys. So, yeah, um, Batman is our pick here. All right. Our last pick of the day. The main event of the prelims is a women's strawweight fight. Amanda Lemos from Brazil versus Mackenzie Dern, United States of America, but Brazilian parents. Um, Dern, 13 and four with seven submissions. She's been knocked out once, eight and four in the UFC. Loss, win, loss, win, loss over her last five fights. She got TKO'd in her last fight. This technically isn't a short notice fight, but she's taken this on a little more than a month's notice, I believe. Uh, missed weight three times, but that was well in the past, and somehow she's turned things around. Um, no issues there at all on the scales. Used to fight at uh, flyweight, multi-time world champion in grappling. It's probably an understatement just saying that, but um, yeah, she's a very good grappler. Uh, six years younger than Lemos. She's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.73 strikes per minute, plus 110. Lemos, 13-3-1, eight knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. Seven and three in the UFC. Two and two of her last four. Did lose her last fight, but that was for the championship of the world. Used to fight at Bantamweight, regional champion. 2014 Pro MMA debut. Two inches of reach over Dern. Better grappling stats than Dern, which you wouldn't think, but it's it'd be true. Uh, she's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.12 strikes per minute, minus 130. All right, Gumby, what are we doing? We're going Lemosh. And we're we going are, Lemosh. I agree. We're going Lemosh hard. Uh, and, and this is coming from maybe one of the preeminent uh, Mackenzie Dern fans uh, in terms of her style. Like, I love a grappling specialist. Uh, and I know that that's not, like, the popular thing to want to watch. But, like, you know, Mackenzie Dern, Brian Hall, uh, Adolfo Vieta. Like, those are my guys. Like, I, I really enjoy watching what they do butt on the Butt scooters. Map. You love people yeah. that scoot around on their butt. Yeah, I'm a butt I'm a butt scoot fan. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. There's your Corey and Gracie? Butt, butt scoot fan. Um, the, the problem is here with, with Mackenzie Dern is I just don't think she can get it there. Um, Mina Lemos, so strong. Really good boxer, somewhat good takedown defense, maybe not insanely good, but good enough to stop Dern. And then you add a two-inch reach advantage. The fact that Dern's taking it on short notice. You know, I even like Lemos in the clinch. She's looked good in the clinch as of late. Like, I just think there's too many reasons to not like Dern here that even me, who's going to see her here, can't get behind her at this kind of price, right? Like, I, I think I think Lemos should be a negative 200 favorite here or better. Like, negative 130 just not high enough. I, I'm all in on, on Lemo Sherry. Yeah, one of Dern's issues is getting people down. Um, still struggles with her wrestling. Still struggles with her striking as well. Um, still doesn't look that great on the feet. So, And she's fighting someone who does. Fighting someone who just came off fighting for the, for the belt too. So, yeah, Lemos is, is the pick. Very good number on this fight as well. All right, let's recap. We'll get out of your ears. We'll get back in your ears tomorrow. A storm is supposed to hit tomorrow, so I may be snowed in when I record. Um, we got Lemos. We got Tafa. Dan has a Zhang. I have Hibiero. Uh, we both have Barlow. I have Elliot. He has Woodburn. And we both have Memoranda Maverick. All right. That be it. We are done. We're going to be back tomorrow with our main card picks, our props, our locks, our dogs, all that fun stuff. Uh, you can catch us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Twitter, SGPN MMA at Gumby Vreeland, at Jeff Fox Writer. I'm that on Instagram as well. We told you about Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Gumby has another episode up now. Tell the people about it. 
Uh, we're going to be talking to Danny Barlow, uh, who is a phenomenal interview, great personality. And then yep. one of my absolute favorite regional prospects right now, she's fighting for the LFA flyweight title next week. Uh, I'm talking with Shannon Clark from Canada. <laughs> from Canada. Very, very Canadian interview. Her accent sneaks through a few yeah. times and she's very like. She's great. Like she's one of my, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's one of my favorite interviews of all time. This is my second time interviewing her. She's such a fun person to interview. She's very, very Canadian. She she lives up to our reputation as being nice and humble and all that boring stuff, right? But a good interview nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, so. she's really good. Uh, and that fight card she's fighting on is in Buffalo, you were, she was saying, right? Uh, Niagara Falls. Niagara, Niagara Falls, Falls, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. That's that's LFA next week, right? We're probably going to cover it. Next Friday, 177. We'll definitely be covering it. Because you YouTube, you YouTube people love our regional coverage love our lfa coverage so um make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel mma gambling podcast on youtube check us out there if you don't want to watch us fine that's fine but at least subscribe um because we get a lot more viewers than we have subscribers so uh make sure you subscribe there um oh my Substack up and running still moneymma.substack.com i got my ufc 298 free pick em contest up right now you can win gear from the company that sponsors the man in the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky. Engage is the sponsor there, and they're giving away gift card to the winner of this week's podcast. So make sure you go to moneymma.substack.com and sportsgamingpodcast.com, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Patreon are the other sites you need to check out. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. I'll be Mountain Tiger, Jeff Fox, and the Gorilla Gumby Vreeland, and we will talk to you then. Bye-bye.